Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. All right. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode four, how to take the shame out of sex. Whoo! All right. I hope we're ready for this one. So many people hold so much shame around their sexuality, the things they like to do when it comes to sex, maybe what they're afraid to ask for, maybe something that they've never experienced but want to but think they can't because somehow it's wrong. There's so much stuff that gets just mixed in there that really shouldn't be. And so in today's podcast, we are going to do the best we can to help you really remove any shame that you have around your sexuality. So first of all, we wanted to talk a little bit about defining more about shame and guilt. And there is this uh, researcher and author named Brené Brown, and she's done so much work around guilt, shame, authenticity. It's She's incredible. And what she really has a really good distinction between the two. And I wanted to share that as kind of a place for us to start a discussion. So according to Brene Brown, shame is a focus on the self, while guilt is a focus on a behavior. So shame is like, I am bad, while guilt is, I did something bad. And I know that when it comes to sex, we tend to use kind of both a little bit, uh, but they are obviously different. So when we are talking about sexual shame, it's that there's something inherently wrong or bad about you. And it's not even so much about what you're doing. So just starting to understand that this is actually a wrong idea. It's absolutely a wrong idea. And the you know, by that definition of shame, it is so much more insidious than guilt because guilt, it's like, okay, I feel guilty about something I did, but that thing that I did isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's much easier for me to just let go of that. It's and like, then I could just stop it. Right. It's like, yeah. if I don't do this action, then I won't have the, I won't be guilty anymore. Exactly. <laughs> but you can't just be like, I can't be me anymore. <laughs> right. So shame is, is so much more, uh, it goes so much deeper mm-hmm. and it can be so much more difficult for people to get rid of because they identify with it as part of who they are. In their essence. Like, yeah. Like, wow, that's, that's who I am. And actually, that's really not who you are. That's mostly messages that you've picked up from society, from your parents, from growing up, because I truly believe that when we come into this world, we are feeling good about our bodies. We are feeling good in our bodies. We are sexual beings. And then we just allow other people to put their stuff on us. And that really makes our lives, especially sexual lives, just not as fulfilling as they could be. You know what I think the perfect example of that is? And anyone that has kids, you'll, you'll know the truth of this. But when you have little kids, they run around naked all the time. 
They have no problems being naked. They'll be standing there watching you make something in the kitchen completely naked and touching their genitals. And you'll look over at them and you'll be like, uh, what are they doing? <laughs> Should I stop that behavior? Uh, I don't want to add any more shame. But the point is that they, they don't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal to them. And what you see is as they get older, that starts to change. And why does it change? Well, because a parent says, hey, you know, you really shouldn't be running around naked like that. You should put clothes on. Or it's not polite to be naked when we have guests over. Or it's wrong to be naked. Or it's wrong, you know. So all of these levels or layers, I, Mm -hmm. I should say, of stuff start to get piled onto you. And then generally when kids start to hit uh, a little bit before puberty it's like the clothes go on and you will never like they will they are so self-conscious about what they look like and so i think that's such a great example of how in our more natural state when we come in as children we don't have shame around being naked or our bodies and that through this process of you know culturalization right as we get sort of accepted into the culture what comes with that acceptance is all these layers of guilt and shame and all this other stuff that comes in. And I'm just using that as one example, but the same thing happens with just about every other aspect of our sexuality. As we get older, more and more layers of shame get put on us from other people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's really essential for us to unlearn basically sexual shame. So understanding that it is not our true nature, that it's something that we've put on. So it's a piece of clothing that you've put on that you could get rid of, basically. (laughs) So once we can separate that a little bit, I think it's the very first step. There are some people that believe that you need to spend a lot of time understanding why uh, you are experiencing sexual shame, where it came from, and, you know, basically spend hours in therapy talking about it. And in my experience, in the work that I do, I am always doing very experiential work. And most people are always surprised by the results they're getting because they might be like, one of my clients the other day said that to me and he was like, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars and years in therapy and way more than I've spent in working with you, and I did not get anywhere as far as what we did in just a short amount because you once you get straight into the body and 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 unlearn those things by going into the core of the issue without dwelling on the past of why, you actually can get rid of it. It's one method of therapy, right? Let's delve into the past. This is very Freudian, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that, I don't want to discount that, that, that branch of psychology because there is some validity to it. And we also have to be careful not to get stuck in the past. Yeah. The past doesn't actually exist anymore. And so... This idea of spending so much time going over what happened to us as a kid and how did this get here, 
there's a limit to the value that it brings. And the, the, the danger is crossing over the line into just reinforcing that by talking about it so much that we start really identifying mm-hmm. with it and owning it and like making it part of who we are. And that's a dangerous place to be. And that line gets crossed in uh, psychology, I think, too frequently, in my yeah. opinion. And there's also the dangerous known of falling into a victim where you are such the way you are because of how you were raised. And if we look at kids that had the same upbringing, the same parents, and, you know, one of them will end up an alcoholic while the other one has a thriving life. And yet they had the same upbringing. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what the cards you had to deal with. Everybody has had traumatizing experience. Everyone has trauma or things that they wish could be different. But it doesn't mean we're broken. It doesn't mean that we're victim. And in in the best way to get out of the sexual shame is to take action. And when you are into the victim mode, you are not taking action. Yeah, this is... I, one of the things I really love about this podcast is so many ideas come up that could be shows in and of themselves. And this whole idea that we aren't really our past experiences and how we can move beyond them. I mean, that is a huge topic that we could go into. And I think we've done enough so far with that. And to really just sum it up and say, you, you're not a victim of your past and you can take action and you can move through it and you can relearn. Mm-hmm. So whatever sexual ideas that you have in your head, they're not crazy or weird, okay? Somebody else has already done it and it's just normal. So that's really important. It is normal. You're not weird. <laughs> so as, as people who work as coaches, we can honestly say we've heard a lot <laughs> over the years. And If anybody knows that whatever you're thinking in your head is normal, it's us, because it is. Um, Granted, there may be a few people out there thinking, well, you know, I've got this really crazy off-the-wall thing. I won't even create any examples of how crazy something maybe could be. But outside of the, the sort of fringe, right, there's exceptions to everything, for the most part, pretty much anything that you think of in the sexual realm, somebody else has already thought of, they've already done it. There's probably a whole website dedicated to it right now that you don't even know exists. And there are probably lots of people who are eager to play with that fantasy, to do something about it. And it's just a matter of finding the right people. And the thing that we hear so often is, well, I... I, I can't tell my partner that because it's really weird and she's going to think that I'm like some crazy psycho. How could my brain even think of something like that? And honestly, we can really tell you that there is somebody else out there who is already into whatever it is that you're into. Like Whatever thought you think that you're having in your mind that's truly original Somebody else has already thought it. Mm-hmm. So really, what it comes down to is that you have to talk about what you really want when you are in a relationship. We're looking at it here for the for the relationship scenario, and we'll look at the other part if you're single. So 
the key is to not shame your partner. When your partner is talking to you about what they truly want or even some shame that they are experiencing or something they find weird about themselves, you cannot make them wrong. You cannot like laugh or even like really close down. The key here is to really open your heart, open your mind as you listen. You don't have to agree with the idea of, of like what they want or what they think is going to be so juicy and exciting around their sexuality, but you want to give your partner a safe space to express their authentic expression, to say what their likes and dislikes are. And when you are starting to communicate that is already starting to take the shame away, it doesn't have as much power over you. And communicating about these things that you want or desire or, or maybe they're even just thoughts that you had, it takes this thing out of the darkness, out of the closet, and it brings it out into the light. And that's really important because when something stays hidden, it stays repressed, that's where it has a tendency to really go too far into the fantasy land or become an addiction even. Mm -hmm. And so by talking about these things with our partner, we're taking them out of the closet, out of the shadows, and we're bringing them into the light. And we have an opportunity then maybe to experiment, uh, try some of these things, or maybe all you needed to do was just say it. All you needed to do was say, I had this thought, and, and now that we're talking about it, I've realized that, you know what, I don't even really want that. But just knowing that you would have been open to helping me with that fantasy, that was actually enough to satisfy me and I don't even want it anymore. Mm -hmm. Actually, that happens a lot when uh, people call me because I do offer what I call pleasure activation sessions to see if we're a good match. And you know, we spend a good half hour to 45 minutes talking and seeing where they're at, where they, where they want to go, uh, the things they want to have in their sex life. And that alone is very freeing for many of them. They're like, wow, I can't believe I'm telling you all of these things. I've never shared these things with my partner. I didn't even give myself permission to share those things out loud, accept that I wanted these things. And for some people, even that very first introductory step of us laying up the foundation, looking at where they at, is a total like breakthrough. So that's one of the very first steps that is essential. Yeah. And just to clarify, a pleasure activation session is a session where Celine sits down, usually remotely, and talks with a potential client to find out what it is the client actually wants help with. Why are they coming to her? What's going on in their life? What do they want to get out of these sessions? And then they map out a course of action and a plan to work together. Exactly. If it feels like it's a good match. Because again, you know, when we work with sexuality, it has to feel like we are compatible, <laughs> just like any relationship. So, you know, sometimes some people, we just go like, okay, well, that's awesome. And actually somebody else would be a perfect step or you need to go see that person. But that conversation that we had was the catalyst to them removing part of the shame, to them taking action, to experiencing more freedom in their sexual life. Yeah. 
So we're going to share with you three different steps right here. We want to give you uh, things that you can take action. Because remember, we said the best way to remove shame is to take action. So we want to give you things you can do right away. The first thing is to focus on the pleasure rather than the shame when you are doing something that is sexually related. And I'm going to give you a very, like, a very concrete example, because you, you might be like, okay, what do you mean really, Celine, about that? So let's say, um, well, I'm going to go really basic, but let's say you feel very embarrassed to even touch yourself and your own body and masturbate. There's so much shame about that. And so when you do that, often you kind of go like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I am... Um, you can hear your mother like telling you you're wrong. You can hear God or whatever your upbringing was that you have been told that this is not the right thing. This is wrong and you are wrong. And as you're doing it, that's what you focus on. What I want you to do is literally to flip the switch in your head. And so rather than focusing on that shame and on that dialogue in the head is to focus on the pleasure. What is it that right now you can feel in your body as you are touching yourself that feels pleasurable. Where is the pleasure felt? Because there is always pleasure that can be found. It might not be in your genitals. It could be the pleasure of uh, laying down <laughs> or, or uh, whatever, or the oil on your body, or the uh, maybe you lit up a candle and there's something that smells really good, or you're in a beautiful environment. But start to shift from the shame into the pleasure. That's a great one. The second one is spend time around people or situations that embrace sexuality as normal and healthy. And what I love about this one is because we work in this field, we talk about this stuff all the time and we do it very openly and we do it in a way where we celebrate sexuality. And so when we go and spend time with other friends or we go to events, we talk about this stuff and we see this over and over and over again where people start out really like timid <laughs> and afraid to really join the conversation and speak up. They kind of listen a lot. They'll nod their heads. They might ask a question or two, but you can feel they're not really opening up about it. And then over the course of the conversation, all of a sudden, they just spill everything about their entire sex life. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that happens a lot. Like people always tell me everything. I I always wondered why, but I think I really give people permission to... And that's where I was going with that is that because we talk so openly uh, about it and so freely about it, we give people permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. And we see it over and over and over again. Everywhere we go, we give people permission to be who they are and to express themselves in ways that maybe they didn't feel comfortable expressing themselves mm -hmm. before that. So if you don't have friends like us, <laughs> <laughs> you know, check out workshops. Look at things like sex positive events or even sacred sexuality. Things like Tantra could be a good place to to explore anything that seems to be open to sexuality that's not shaming it, but that is welcoming it. And that could be giving you new keys, new tools, because people who are giving those types of workshops have to have a more comfortable approach to sexuality, have to feel much more comfortable in their body. They can't carry that shame. So, And you know, make sure that you're choosing 
events or workshops or situations from people that come well regarded because <laughs> like anything in life there's a big spectrum and there's going to be people who are doing events that are coming more from the dark side that aren't doing healthy sexuality and then there's going to be people who have studied this and are really coming from the light side and really want to truly help and empower people mm-hmm. so choose choose the right ones and also sometimes i want to say you know just because your friend just found their orgasms for the first time in 40 years doesn't mean they're the best teacher you know <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that are like oh my god i just learned this in my last in this last workshop that i took last weekend and now it qualifies me as the most brilliant expert on the subject <laughs> we, we see that a lot in our circles when somebody has a big awakening and they just learn something new the very next thing they want to do is teach it to the world and you know our take on that is why don't you take some time to truly integrate it mm-hmm. because when you have big awakenings it can take a long time to really truly integrate what has happened and mm-hmm. what you've learned so that it becomes part of you rather than just something that you know in your conscious mind. Mm-hmm. So seek out people that are really good, that have a history, that have been working with this for a long time and that can really bring something of value. Mm-hmm. And if Again, there's no friends, no workshop for you, then there's always books and online courses. So there is a way. Like... You can take action and find ways to surround yourself with people that have different ideas, that embrace sexual, uh, sexuality as normal and healthy. Number three is, as a way to really unlearn that sexual shame, is to talk with your close friends about stuff. And what you realize when you start doing that is that everyone is kinky in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> we always think we're so weird or that nobody can get us or so unique. Your friends are probably kinkier than you are. <laughs> and you just don't know it. <laughs> But it's also something really interesting about that to be able to have this type of discussions with people. There's a few subjects that are always taboo. And especially here, I see it in the United States with you don't tell people how much money you make. There's a lot of shame around that. And you don't talk about your sex life or your sexual desires uh, because there's a lot of shame about that. But what you start to see is that cultures or people that don't make such a big deal about talking about how much money they make or that are okay with talking about sexuality. And I want to say like, really, I'm coming from the European background. I'm from Switzerland. And I really think that this background has set, um, for me, this whole like shame-free upbringing because we talked about sex. I was in a family where it was okay to be naked. I had sex ed at school and not just about abstinence. We, we saw like, like, We talked about the different genitalias and, and condoms and I mean, all of these things. And I do think that that really makes for a healthier culture. There's less issues with people when the culture has more acceptance and openness. And so see if you can bring that to your friends. Be a catalyst for change because this is really the vision of what we want to create, a whole worldwide movement of true sexual empowerment. And it only happens if you drop the shame. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just to wrap that little part up is you You know, talk with close friends, people that you feel comfortable with having these conversations. And over time, you might find that that circle expands and you feel comfortable talking with more people. And then over time, you might even realize that you're not alone. 
That you're not the only one who has these thoughts. And that everyone is doing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if they're lucky. <laughs> It's actually a healthy part of being a human, human being. And when, when you free your sexuality, it has a lot of ripple effect on every areas of your life. So taking those three steps of, you know, focusing on pleasure rather than the shame, spending time around people and situation that embrace sexuality as being normal and talking about it with close friends if you don't have a significant others in this time or with your significant partner, these will be the very first steps to start to unlearn that sexual shame. Yes. And I want to say, too, you, you'll hear us say, as we just did a little while ago, that, that we have this mission of creating a worldwide movement of true sexual empowerment. And by removing the shame, you can really step more into your sexual power. And I just want to make the note also that like anything, anything that exists in this world, we can use it for good mm -hmm. or we can use it for bad. Mm-hmm. And when we're advocating for people to be sexually empowered, when we're advocating for a movement of sexual empowerment, we really, really, really mean using it for good. Using it not in a way to control other people or to manipulate or get what you want. None of that. We want people to wake up to who they truly are to be empowered and to use that empowerment to create something good in their own life, in their relationships, mm -hmm. and in the world. Mm -hmm. Celebrate everyone, yourself included, and the ones that you're with, and that you use that newfound empowerment to bring out the best in each other rather than the worst. <laughs> and I want to say one last point, which is, It's essential for you, if you feel like you do carry a lot of sexual shame, to change that story and to really understand that you have the power to do so because your mind is powerful. The dialogues that you are having with yourself and within your head every single day, I mean, they say we have anywhere from like 45,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. So that means there's a lot of thoughts that you're not even aware of, but There are some you can stop and be like, this is not empowering. So let's say that you are putting on a dress and you're like, I can't wear this sexy dress. Everybody else is going to think I'm a slut. And because then you're like giving into the shame that there's something wrong with me if I'm going to wear this, this dress and I'm bad of even wanting to look sexy. And so we, I want you to change that story, to reframe and be like, I look fantastic And I feel amazing. And everyone who's going to lay their eyes on me is going to have a better day and feel uplifted by this sight of beauty. <laughs> yeah. You have the power to write the story however you want. And here's the thing. With great power comes great responsibility. Nobody can do this for you. You have to do it for yourself. Mm, yes. So go for it. Take action. Unlearn that sexual shame and free your sexual expression. Yes. All right, everybody. That is it for this episode. We hope that you got value out of it and that you are in this very moment letting go of shame.
We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.